1982 Cycling Event of the Year. There's definitely something fishy going on. It was a very fucked up year for bicycle riding. Marty Haas. Yeah, oh, you seem very proud of your homeland. I did it with nothing but my own blood, sweat, and tears, and extra blood. Nearly every rider was on drugs. I'm here with you, stop ditters. Look like you're carrying a few extra pounds. This is what happens when you train super hard on the bicycle. Adrian Baton, the great French mystery. It was my first time in public as a man. Oh, 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 oh. what a hot chick. And I think I nailed it. The race starts now! The atmosphere is positively electric. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 128. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Aw, Jared's cracking. He's cute. Aw. That's cute. I'm going through the puberty. Aw. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news. There's none. Uh, But we're here for a more important reason, Hmm. and that's to face off against Colonel Kurtz. Natural born colonel. There, there is a war looming on the horizon, uh, and only Andy Circus can lead us to victory here. Because War of the Planet of the Apes has finally arrived. Boom. Matt Reeves is kicking some serious smoke again with mm-hmm. this, man. But there's other things at hand, Red. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Oh, that's Ooh, nice. Kind of like a recent development. Is that is that a thing? I don't it's, know. It's cool. Like if you just want to, you know, not really think about what you're listening to, but mm. trust that there's some good radio. Yeah, we're pending approval on there. Should be yeah. soon. They got some good stuff. You can visit our website. It's verticalviewing.com. Little yellow different donate button. Yeah, you can click that and help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show. We appreciate it. Stick an internet pie in your ear every week. We do that. Cleanup costs included. But patreon.com slash vertical viewing. What happens over there? Well, if you uh, enjoy the show and you want to support us and uh, do so on a regular basis. That's if you want a long-term relationship. Yeah, you can go. Yeah, we appreciate it. (laughs) You can go over there and sign up uh, for a one, two, or three dollar lithium... Hydrogen, sorry, I'm out of order here. It's hydrogen, helium, or lithium. Man. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what, <laughs> the, I got the, my elements all mixed up. We're building out that periodic table, so you can help us in pay by one, two, or three dollars per month. The Dune Review is hitting Patreon next week. Oh, it's going to be a, yeah, du- going to be a You doozy. asked for it, you're getting it, and yeah. that's one of the perks of being a patron. We're reviewing Dune from David Lynch, 1984. This thing should be weird. It it we're, be. we're not particularly enthused about it because this movie is bad. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I'm actually really excited to see it again. However, Martin has suggested that we review this, and we must comply because if you sign up for patreon.com slash vertical viewing, even for $1 and even for only one month, you can tell us what movie to review, and we have to do it. We're bound. That's the that's the true enjoyment of being a Patreon subscriber. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal reviews, including Nightcrawler, 
Uh, Stories about Bitcoin. Yeah. And you also got Chappie reviews. Awesome. Oh. You can go on an Aussie walkabout with us. There's fun stuff on our Patreon page. It is fun. Um, so we thank Nick. We thank Chris. We thank Martin. We thank Joseph. And we thank you if you become one. That's but we, you. But we thank you for listening anyway. Absolutely. And we thank you for sending your thoughts to verticalviewing at gmail.com. We thank you for visiting our Twitter page at verticalviewing. Our Instagram page is broken. Like, our Instagram account is completely busted. I think we've been shadow banned. I didn't yeah, even know so, that was a thing until this just happened. I don't, I didn't either, but like, you need to. What is this? What get, is this? Get your friends to add vertical viewing and like help us overcome this shadow ban. It's bizarre. I, 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 if you use our the hashtag, same. Hashtags don't show up in searches. <clears throat> we're not publicly displayed right now, yeah, so it's that's useless. Bizarre. So visit our. Vertical viewing podcast on Instagram and like the shit out of our posts, please. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff there. It's actually broken. It's unless you're lit. unless you're a bot, don't do that. No bots. Hey, no bots. Bot. No sex bots. No, I'm into well, that's that. That's fine. But sex like, bots are fine, man. Oh, like I, not like, that kind of like bots are not okay. I mean, like the the sex bots that spam you on. Yeah, Instagram. that's kind of annoying, right? Not, ah, yeah. not the good kind of sex bot. Um, yeah, the guys, you can follow me on Letterbox if you want as well. Scott Wilson. Let's get on with the show, though. Let's do it. Let's. I, I don't think there's much, though, right? Do we do we have a heck of a lot, Red? What's happening? Um. Well, I mean, I watched a little bit of comedy, which is always worth mentioning, whether it's actually funny or not. Mm. Uh, Patton mm. Oswalt, though, I mean, he's hilarious. So, so talking you, for you clapping. watched his stand up. Yeah, watching talking for clapping. His is that most, his newest? His newest. Yeah. <clears throat> it's on Netflix. He is brilliant um i mean this is no different so it's it's hard to talk about stand-up with i don't want to give away yeah i don't want to give away other than just material just just saying the jokes that are in it yeah most of the stuff is entertaining even like even a few of his jokes that fell a little flat were fine it wasn't yeah like it was still an entertaining watch yeah and i think like he he had some personal tragedy not too long ago so to see him still crushing it on stage is pretty cool so you're mm-hmm. watching the tragic stand-up specials you watched the tracy morgan one <laughs> i guess i am you yeah. just like i, I only the, the funniest ones are the ones where the guy or the girl goes through horrible tragedy and then they persevere yeah there's yeah, actually sure. something cool about that okay i didn't even realize i was doing that but uh <laughs> it, it i guess it's true makes for better comedy yeah uh yeah, from tortured pain comes hilarity, um, as you, as we all know. Well, yes, of course, um, law of the universe. Of Other than that, that's I the watched, only way to be funny. Yeah, you have to <laughs> suffer and almost die. Jesus um, was the funniest guy ever. Arguably, still is. Arguably, <laughs> some would say, not me. Um, episodes one and two of Glow. Um, really enjoying this it looks wicked what's the what's that stupid french term mise-en-scene mise-en-scene yeah mm-hmm. however you say it um i mean i should be able to say it right i kind of i even speak some french but you lived in switzerland yeah uh, mise-en-scene maybe anyways it's perfect it's disgusting it's exactly right it's there's like loogies and dirty fucking walls everywhere it's it's so good it's really well done Uh, yeah as as we said last week it's a great thing to watch if 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 you're tired of the 80s being way too glamorous and you know too shiny and and bubblegum this is like 
this is what your this is what your basement looked like in your, 1983. Yeah, your gritty 80s. Yeah. Um. So I enjoyed it, and that's it. Oh, okay. Wow, that was a short week. Yep. All right, Mike. Cool. Uh, I finally got around to watching Lego Batman. Oh, you fucking did it? Yeah. Why haven't you guys done that? What's wrong with you? I'm a busy it, guy. Okay. <laughs> Summer camp. Yeah. You, you've done a pretty big review on this already, so I'm just going to make this quick. Do you? Yeah, it's great. Do you love it? I love it. It's, it's so one of the good. Best, it's one of the best movies of the whole year. One, one of the period. best Batman movies ever, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they... You've mentioned it before, but I just want to reiterate, the way they make fun of Batman in this movie is so thorough and so entertaining. Uh, just talking about every incarnation of Batman ever. It's a joy. It's I, a pure oh. joy. And I feel like it makes fun of Christopher Nolan the most, maybe? Which is fun, because he's kind of a humorless dude. <laughs> so, I, so why uh, not? Yeah. I love that the what villains in this are outside of the franchise, too. Like... You know what? The regular Batman villains aren't good enough because he keeps winning, so they got to bring in different villains, <clears throat> which is fantastic. Rosario Dawson as Batgirl. I think one of my favorite lines in the movie when he's like, "Oh, Bat- uh, trying to figure out her name," is like, uh, "Batgirl." She's like, "If you call me Batgirl, can I call you Bat Boy?" And they just left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's other lines with like about talking about Robin. You know, uh, is this your son? It's like no. no, it'd be weirder if he isn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's like just, he's not really. This the is fa- the fact that Robin isn't Batman's son is way weirder. Yeah, it's, what's that uh, organization? Um, oh, the Man Boy Lovers. <laughs> yeah, Nambla. Nambla. Oh, good lord! Is Bat? Is Bruce Wayne a member of Nambla? <laughs> Bat, imagine, Bat imagine Nambla. That was like like oh. fake TMZ or something, right? Like TMZ Gotham. It's like we discovered that Bruce Wayne is secretly a member of Nambla. It's like <laughs> right this way, young Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, like, do you want to see my bat cave? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go quite that far. You want to slide down but, my pole? This has so many jokes. It but does in my bat cave. But it has a pretty central, like, it's a great little story about Batman being afraid to get involved with a family again and like open up to it. And that's that's great. They explore that really well. Yeah, uh, it's so. it's amazing. And the, and I found the relationship between Joker and Batman to be they re- they really. I love that it was basically a rom com. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, a it's a love story about Joker and Batman, and Batman realizing that he needs the Joker. Yeah, it's it's and so finally it, admitting it's it. Adorable. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> I also started watching a show called Friends from College. Oh, I saw this. Mm-hmm. Just came out on Netflix. It, Any good? Uh, it has some good talent. It's got Kobe Smulders, uh, mm. Keegan Michael Key, mm. um, a couple other people that I don't know. Uh huh. And Fred Savage. Yeah, I, I saw that he was in that. I didn't Fred even Savage, recognize right? him. Wow. So I was like, okay. What's th- he been up to? This besides- could be funny. Like, it looks like it's supposed to be. The trailer makes it look, look really funny. So I'm four episodes in. There's hmm. eight of them, I believe. I'm not sure I'll continue. So the idea here is Keegan-Michael Key and someone whose name I can't remember are having an affair, like, because... They hooked up in college and never stopped, but they both went off and got married and had families and they just never stopped seeing each other on the side. So that's like central to this story because they're trying to keep it under wraps. Well, uh, Keegan and his wife, who's Kobe Smulders, uh, are trying to get pregnant after years of trying. And so they move back to New York where all their friends are. And you 
You'd think hilarity is supposed to ensue here, but this show doesn't know what it wants to be. I'm looking at a 23 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it, it has no idea what it wants to be. So the first two episodes are actually really bad, but I have the... Oh. I have the three-episode thing. I was like, okay, I'll give it one more. They're only like 25 minutes. Fine. Maybe it'll get better for the final like five episodes or six episodes of the show. Episodes three and four are actually really funny, which huh. surprised me. Uh, but I don't care about any of these characters because they're all are, awful people. Did you watch them all in a row? No. Okay, because I was wondering, like, were they really funny, or were you just, like, beaten down no. more, like, you were just... <laughs> That's possible. But no, I watched episode one and two, and then three and four. Okay. And uh, there was some great uh, situational comedy that happens in episode three and four. Like, in uh, in episode three, uh, Keegan-Michael Key is an author. His character is an author who's won some prizes, but he needs to sell. He needs to make money. So Fred Savage, who's his friend, but also, like, his agent is telling him he needs to break into the young adult world because that's where all the money is. Mm-hmm. And he just can't figure out how to do it. So he has this deadline, a meeting with um, Kate McKinnon in the morning. Like, not actually Kate, but she plays this hilarious young adult author who has this young washboard abs husband who just flips when she wants him to. Like, he just shows up in the house. Trophy husband. Yeah, exactly. Great tro- trophy husband. So they stay up all night trying to come up with this pitch to give her so that she will collaborate with Keegan so that they can he can make this young adult novel. Is it Keegan or Keegan Michael? Keegan Michael? I don't know. Like, is it where's the hyphen? It's Keegan Michael Key is is hyphenated, or, isn't it? Is, or is it Keegan Michael? No, it's not his name Key. isn't his name is definitely not Keegan Michael. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do we always have to say like he's like a Robert Downey Jr.? Okay, so KMK uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. way cooler. <laughs> that is kind of cool. Don't do KKK. No, please. no. <laughs> uh, so he 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 takes a bunch of drugs, and his college friends do too. Like the three dudes from college, and they stay up all night trying to come up with this hilarious, awesome, sexy young adult theme. And basically, they just do a bunch of cocaine and okay. some other drugs. And they're like, "We need to beautiful mind it." So instead of writing, <laughs> instead of writing on a whiteboard, they write on a window so you can watch them from the other side and see what they're writing, which makes no sense to anybody but the audience. But they do it with permanent markers. I knew shit. that was coming. Oh man! So like, there's some funny moments, but this show is like it. It has no idea. This sounds rough. How to, to handle its cat? Yeah. So if you're curious, I know for sure that episodes three and four are reasonably entertaining. Episodes one and two were not. I don't know if I'm going to finish this. I don't actually think it's worth it. So if you have it on your list, you're like, hey, I want something funny. It sounds like you should just write a question mark beside it. Just like yeah. <laughs> If if you I don't know if this is any similar at all. Have you seen Don't Think Twice yet? Like that? No. It's about an improv troupe. Oh yeah, it's on my list actually. I it's think. really good, and the whole movie's all improvised, and it's about a troupe of improv comedians. Um, I mean, I I I just mentioned this because it stars KMK. Yeah. Uh, our uh, boy. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's not good. So okay. that's where I landed on that. Okay. And then, so that's all I've watched this week. Uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age came out. So you best believe I've been playing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. In fast forward mode? Yeah. One of my favorite Final Fantasies of all time. I love that I can just fast forward through the walking around and fighting guys. That seems... It's such a great feature. That seems weird, though. The fact that you can just fast forward a game. I, if I started doing that, I would get it would be like a drug that I'm addicted to. And then I would start asking myself, why am I even playing this? I only do it at yeah. certain parts, actually, because running around the it's overworld like mainlining map, gaming. 
Well, there's, it's a it's, it's an a older big game. game. It's an older game. There's a lot of big vast distances that you just are just watching your character just yeah. So trudge. like it's a perfect example for it. I actually take it off in town because I find the camera turns too quickly when I'm in a small space like in stores and shit, and then I end up like looking at the ceiling like oh shit okay, uh yeah, I got the steelbook version. Yes, I got a physical physical game for my playstation instead of the digital one because i have the steelbook of the ps2 version yeah bro. i've got that too i've got two steelbooks of Final Fantasy legit now. legit uh some fans in here red fella. wants yeah. to get the fuck out of here no i just i'm not a final fantasy i'm i'm, a, I'm a ff7 guy and the rest is just me pretending <laughs> oh man six anyway uh 12 great it's so good they fix a lot of the issues that were in the original U.S. release, such as the weird license board. Like, they've compartmentalized it with the job systems now that you specifically assign to characters. It's a crazy system. Which, uh... Like big checkerboard and stuff. It's fucking Yeah, because before you could just go all over the fucking place wherever you wanted. Uh, and now they've just, like, honed it all into the specialization, okay. which is really Refined good. It. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, that's what I've been doing this week. Watched some good stuff, played <clears> some good <throat> stuff, then watched some shit. Okay, you always watch shit, but that's fine. So to various levels of entertainment. We just watched Zygote, the new Oats Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It's just some, Had some standard cool horror movie shit, I think. Yeah, well, I liked the monster, though, and the sound it make. Like, you, like sound it make? Sound it makes. Yeah, that was scary. It's scary. I did like the sound it made. Uh, I did like the weaponry. I did not like, as you both mentioned, the terrible exposition at the beginning. But I guess in a short film, what are you going to do? You got to just get these ideas across and some character just spitting them out. You can't even hear what he's saying, damn it. Um, So I watched two things mainly this week. Dose. They're both documentaries. One is fake. One is real. Ooh. The first one I watched is Tour de Pharmacy. Ooh, is this one fake? This is a fake documentary. About the Tour de France. So it's starring... Um, the, the cast of Tour de Pharmacy is absolutely insane. Is this just I've been wanting, wanting to be the program? I really wanted to see this, so you let guys, me know how this you, is. You guys, we're, we're going to watch a bit of it on the break, okay. I think. Um, Tour de Pharmacy is a fake documentary set in 1983 in which 99% of the competitors in the Tour de France like get get basically booted out due to drug use, leaving a, a, a team consisting of just the complete... Worst people. <laughs> it mo- like the most ridiculous bikers you've ever seen. J.J. Um, Abrams is in this movie, really weird. In the movie? Yeah, he's in the movie, like doing interviews, talking about like how he felt when he watched these races. The beginning of the movie, Orlando Bloom dies on his <laughs> Wait, bike. What? He's is taking, this a joke? He's taking... Of course this is a joke. It's a fake documentary. But like a but yeah, so but Orlando, so was or, a girl like her, and that Andy is not funny. Andy Samberg is in this. Okay, this is so a Orlando, comedy. Orlando Bloom is on his bike, um, and he's taking a piss when he's like biking at full speed, and then he has a heart attack, and the, like, the narrator, <laughs> played by James Marsden, says something in all the lines of like he was dead for thirty miles and nobody knew, and it's just like his <laughs> slumped body over the front of his bike. Just like cruising <laughs> down the highway on this Tour de France, like down a mountain, um, yeah. So the the cast is absolutely nuts. Let me let me read through who's in this fucking thing: Andy Samberg, Orlando Bloom, John Cena, James Marsden, Will Forte, Do- Dolph Lundgren, Mike Tyson, Freddie Highmore, Jeff Goldblum, Danny Glover, Kevin Bacon, 
Maya Rudolph and Lance Armstrong, who's in a great bit where he's he's really worried about having his face hidden. You know, it's one of those documentary style where there's a shroud of he's, he's that part's in the trailer, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and the and the shroud keeps sliding off of his face and he's like, Are you are you sure you can't see? You know, his muffled voice yeah. and, and <laughs> even the muffled voice is erroring and they're like, No, no, we can't see you at all. And it's just obviously Lance Armstrong in this it, this movie is is super silly, and I think just how dumb it is, um, kind of deflates anything. Like I don't, it's super funny, but it's just dumb. Um, do you think it's trying to uh, like actually say anything though? Or no, not it- at all. It's it like it's only thirty nine minutes long. I felt. Oh like wow! It, it's just this stupid little thing. The, the is same this online. Uh, it's an HBO documentary. The same director did last year Seven Days in Hell, which is that tennis, tennis, tennis fake tennis. I kind of very like, entertaining. I kind of like what this guy's doing, making these. It's it's like a series of sports documentaries, yeah, they're like short format that are like thirty for thirty ESPN kind of things that are just completely fake. Yeah, um, I think it, like the, you can make these really good. Yeah. And this, do some obscure events. This thing's pretty hilarious. Like I said, hmm. Orlando Bloom dies with his. <laughs> with, literally, it's like he died with his dick out. Um, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of dick in it. Actually, yeah, it's kind of gross. Um, Dicks are gross. Well, no, if, and if I you have like, one. If you so like them, if you I like know. them, there's like this nasty dude who's got like wearing this like leotard thing that's all see through. Like <laughs> his his biking suit is just completely see through, and you can see his sack <laughs> and stuff. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, the, 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 the the other thing I watch is nowhere near as funny as this because it's The Fog of War, directed by Errol Morris. Uh, it doesn't mm. sound funny. And this is eleven lessons from the life of Robert McNamara. So it's if if you dig Cold War shit, which I know Red just has no interest in. Um, well, Cold War. I mean, I, I, I love history. I dig it. I play Twilight Struggle. This this is a cool documentary. If you want to see, basically, it's like the equivalent of like Donald Rumsfeld in the sixties. It's like, so what was it like during the Cuban Missile Crisis? You were the Secretary of Defense. What was it like? like, Well, let me just fucking tell you everything about it. Because it's 50 years later. Who cares? Cold War's over. Um, Music's by Philip Glass. Nice. So so you got your like... Kind of a pimp. Kind of knows what he's doing. Um, Yeah, The Fog of War is an excellent documentary. Really gripping, really... like You feel like you're getting information from... Like right from... The horse's mouth. From somebody who was like on the phone with Khrushchev talking like, okay, what are we doing with the missiles in Cuba? What the fuck is going on? And like how close wow. it got to nuclear war like three or four different times. Um, the fog of war is dece, man. Cool. Um, well, that just reminded me, nothing to do with film. Sorry to interrupt. So I just have to get, has anyone else seen that they're in the US now like running training videos again for what to do in nuclear attack no no way Appar- cool. apparently they just started get in your that. fridge like, yeah, yeah. Nu- nuke the fridge get, in, get in your fridge that's like, as, we, as we all know yeah like, like that's great way to make america great again anyway damn is it because gotta... north north korea can't do shit no it's because read the prints it's because you have to keep your population scared yep huh um Guys, that's all I watched. I mean, I, I watched Rise of Apes. I watched Dawn of Apes again in preparation. I don't, did you guys get to that? or I didn't get to. Uh, nope. no. I've been busy because I'm moving soon, so I've been 
I saw those a while ago. Yeah, I mean, the, I think it'd probably be worth like going back and doing all three of these in a row. I love the tie-in at the start of this film, though. I'm sure we'll talk about yep, it. Yep, we're getting to it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in, in quickly on Rise, I, I love sort of... J- people talk about James Franco being kind of lousy in that. I can kind of see what you're talking about. Draco, he's, he's not awful. Draco Malfoy is quite bad in it. Yeah. But I, I just... I love the masterful like protagonist shift that you get in this movie. You, you start it off... And you're, you're basically, oh man, are we going to be able to save this guy's father from Alzheimer's and this experimental drug? Is it going to work? And it's just like, slowly but surely we go, oh, no, who cares about that? Actually, there's this fucking simian who's super smart. He's way more interesting. Okay. No, the movie's about him now. <laughs> like, I, I just, I love the way it just sort of baits, baits you into slowly sympathizing with Caesar. I mean we're going to talk about it like the first movie is super important in the whole trilogy um i don't know how easy it is to watch war of the planet of the apes as a just as a movie on its own i think that's probably i my perspective will be as close to that as we could be right now um yeah and of course the icarus mission tease that we get in the first film i'm just still in awe of and i hope we the can placement if we get like payoff for that 10 years later this is some smart ass shit man uh we got payoff for that oh. and then of course 40 years ago th- the end of rise where you have the credits humanity is getting wiped out in the virus is 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 sweeping across the globe during the credits i mean how that's pretty cool what the fuck that's so cool <laughs> we're we're an afterthought yeah <laughs> Yeah, we I are. I love it. We're just the credits actually, are rolling. It's one of my favorite parts of this series. Oh, I think. yeah. By the way, everyone's dying. Everyone's dying right now as the credits are rolling. Like, You're just leaving the theater. Remember when you remember when this made all the monkeys smart? Well, it killed everybody. And it's brilliant because th- this this neighbor character, David Hewlett, veteran Canadian actor, uh, the, the, his life has just been like the worst day. Uh, you know, he gets bit by Caesar. Everything starts. His whole life just gets fucked over by Caesar and James Franco's antics. And at the end. Um, that dude sneezes on him and spreads the virus. Remember the the guy who inhales the virus at the lab? Yeah. He's lurking around his house and he just turns and sneezes blood in this guy's face. And it all comes back to the end when you realize that he's a fucking pilot. And he's flying this he's virus infected around. And he's like, well, I got, I'm going to work. Let me just sneeze. Oh, I kind of feel crappy, but let's head into the office. Meanwhile... Virus spreads, and then that perfectly goes into the beginning of dawn, where you have like the lights going out all across the world slowly. Like, just yeah, this is a good series picking up right from the yeah, the, the dots yeah. are well connected. <sighs> We're gonna see what happens though. I, uh, I got, I don't, I don't, war, I'm, I'm still landing, I, I'm still floating, I don't know where I'm. You feel like? Let's see if we can bring it to the ground. You, I don't know, guys. You, oh, you're you're on the fence. I, I need. Oh, no, I'm not on the fence. Fuck that. <laughs> I just need to know how far on the other side I landed. Oh, <laughs> this movie just like totally tickled your balls. Well, I don't know. We're gonna find out, guys.
What are you gonna name them? Do they look like just apes to you? He saved our lives. He was remarkable. Apes, apes, together, You're him. You're Caesar. We've been searching for you for so long. I do not start this war. I fight only to protect apes. Human gets sick. Ape gets smart. Then human kill ape. But not me. I run. There are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity. So that was a clip from War for the Planet of the Apes. After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Okay. Nice. Mm. All right. War for the Planet of the Apes is directed by Matt Reeves, and it stars Andy Serkis, Woody Harrelson, Steve Zahn, Karen Konoval, and Judy Greer. And the, I mean, everyone in this movie is a fucking ape. So yeah, how can you tell who anybody is? And uh, yeah, well, it, Caesar looks like Andy Serkis. He looks like Smeagol. <sighs> this wow. I've talked about my love for this rebooted franchise. You have? So I don't good. remember hearing End, that. Endlessly. <laughs> is this a nice capper to this trilogy? What What does this do for the other two films? Um, are you a fan of war for the planet of the apes, Red? Hmm. Um, well, I think I first have to acknowledge just how this movie looked. Like, we were talking about Michael Bay and Transformers looking incredible and being sort of the epitome of CGI. I I think I forgot what was happening with uh, the Apes series because this movie is crazy. I To the point where... Maurice is photorealistic. All they the Apes. all are. I mean, I was watching this and then um, later on at home I was flipping the channels and I have, a, I have a pretty big television and I was flipping the channels and I, I saw like a... National Geographic documentary with with actual monkeys and I was like uh Planet of the Apes looked better (laughs) (laughs) um this movie I mean all these movies in my opinion have been consistent in that they are excellent films with moments of complete absurdity and you have to be willing to overlook certain giant holes or um, and that's probably been true since the beginning of the franchise. Exactly, right? exactly. And but I am, and I'm so. In, <clears throat> it, it is called Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and well, I mean, there are things with like how they communicate. I mean, the is, is this a sign language or what? Because Caesar never looks at fucking anybody, and he always knows what everybody's saying. Like, there's small things like this, but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't really affect the plot in any way, and I can totally overlook it. The movie was so much fun. The characters were so great. I I I loved all of them and they were so well developed. I and so many of them never say anything. Um the the CGI I thought was especially um powerful during the flashes with uh Koba. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Pretty pretty scary stuff and he's right up in your face when 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 there's like a 
a moment that's as simple as like a hand caressing a face, just the tension, you can feel it in your gut because just the, you, the, the history between the two characters, um, oh, it, it was such a, uh, fun film to watch. I um, think he's missing from the movie a bit, Koba. I think he's in it just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. To okay. be, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see wanting a little bit more, but I think that might change sort of what we're, what we're doing with it. Um, so yeah, I think in general, I really like this movie. Hmm. Mike. I really like this movie too. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of what you said, I'm going to reiterate, like the effects in this film are so good. Like you forget that you're watching CG all of the time and the landscapes are beautiful. The Pacific Northwest. Like Man, British BC. Columbia is a great place. <laughs> it's uh, beautiful. It's, it's so good. I think Koba's in it the right amount too. Like, cause we're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk about that more. Um, he's there more in spirit than visually for a lot of it because Caesar's wrestling with acceptance of being more like Koba than he wants to be, uh, which I really enjoyed. And they just sort of show that as it goes on. And there's very few, the beautiful thing about this film is there's very few spoken lines. Now, there's so much acting going on with the CG, but also these actors that are being mocap, like seeing behind the scenes of circus actually performing as Caesar is incredible. And you see it because like the eyes are mostly their eyes, right? Like, is it all CG or? Uh, yeah, I think it's all CG, okay. but they, they have the entire they face. They that performance so on point. And, and they do that all on set, right? That's yeah. the brilliant part is they're wearing these suits and they have this little... Um, sort of little gear this, thing. This little headpiece, and it has a camera sitting in front of their face, almost like a GoPro, so they can just act, and everything's getting captured. Their body movements and their facial it's movements so are cool. all getting captured so at the same time. they just map it onto the, uh, the like, character that if the, you, the it, it, CGI yeah. team has. If you have the Caesar model already done, then it's just... You can, you can make the movie in real time. It's just, you know, digital makeup. Yeah. Yeah, what I what I really liked about War is it really showcases how hard it is to be a leader. Like Caesar struggles with doing what's right for everybody and what he really wants to be doing, uh, and coming to terms with who he is. And he's shaken from uh, Dawn, where he actually had to kill Koba. He's haunted by that, and it really uh, affects his decision making in this movie. And there's a really nice arc that plays out, I think, for for that whole story, like him being haunted by what he's done. I really enjoyed that. Uh, one of my favorite parts about this is just watching how humans just never want to take responsibility for anything that they do. And they created they created this. Like, they are responsible for the apes evolving this way. They're responsible for the virus that wiped out 90% of humanity. But the, humans don't give a shit. We're just super, super selfish. And it, it's very interesting seeing humanity as the bad guy in these films i think that's what's so refreshing and people like myself maybe uh, a lot of people can relate more to animals almost because we're so cynical at this point like we just humanity's just doing stupid shit all the time so we like to relate to the other it's it's ironic um, i guess that we anthropomorphize the animals so that they're more human right so it's yeah. it's really like what do we actually going for here 
And then one thing that I was a little iffy on for most of the film was the girl, like the addition of the human girl that Nova. goes with Nova. Them. Nova. Uh, but I really liked it because it does also, like there's that compare, she, where she asks at one point if she's ape later in the film. Like, Actually, yes. Yeah, like, like it really points out that there's not a lot of difference here. Like people just need to get over it and accept what's happening. But I don't know. Overall, without getting into spoiler territory, I really dug this film. I think it's a great way to cap off the trilogy. And it leads r- almost right into, I mean, there's lots of room, obviously, but it leads neatly into the original films. We can imagine the original movie picking up soon from where we end this one, well, perhaps? I don't, I don't know about soon, but... Well, yeah, within maybe several generations. Yeah, yeah. so they do a fantastic... Like, this is unbelievable what they've done with this series. And to, to cap it, when do you have a trilogy capper? Part, when is part three of a trilogy this strong? And not cut in twice, cut in twain. Yeah, they always divide it into two movies. Yeah, what like I'm I'm Damn. so glad that the studio didn't go for the money grab on this one. I feel like this was a return of the king kind of situation. The the movie feels epic in that scale. Um and and you you have a, a three volume set of movies that each feel separate but part of a whole and each one of them is satisfying in their own way like Rarely do you have all three movies in a trilogy, I think, at, you know, eights or nines and above. Pretty quality. There's always yeah. one runt of the litter that fucks everything up. Um, for me, the, 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 the example that comes to mind is The Dark Knight Rises, where you had this chance to just completely blow it out of the water and have this trilogy capper that took The Dark Knight and made that movie look like a piece of shit and said, like, Dark Knight Rises is just a mess, in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. No? no? I don't hate it by any means. Yeah, I felt like... I like it. Going into War for the Planet of the Apes, I had high expectations, which I try to never do. Were they met? They were probably exceeded. Nice. However, I'm still wrestling with this one. Oh no! I love it, but I don't know if it's as good as Dawn. Hmm. Right? It's not as focused. It feels a little more conventional. Feels like we're aping. <laughs> Damn! Other movies. The, 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 there's many examples. Like this film feels like a collage of four or five other movies. You've got Apocalypse Now in here. You've Apocalypse got, Now. The uh, Bridge on the River Kwai and. Great Escape. Yeah, the very convenient things like, you know, like the very convenient tunnels. And the, this this thing feels... Very convenient flooding. Like, um, it's overstuffed, maybe? I don't know. No, I'm maybe. not sure the flooding was convenient. Well, I mean, like, convenient in that, oh, we actually need to hurry up. Well, you guys are... Wh- why have we... This anyway. is deep. This is deep. <laughs> you guys are going. Uh, yeah, I, I love the movie. I loved it. It's it's better than the first one, and I'm wrestling if it's better than the second one. It might be. It might be. This thing this thing is on a level of epic that we don't normally get in 
in summer blockbusters, and we always get giant epic movies. How much are we like allowed to respectably let this score get pulled up by the CGI? A lot, at least half a score. Like it's crazy. at least half a score. But for you guys me, to recognize, like, do we all agree that this looks so? And, good. and that opening, the opening sequence when we're kind of going through the troops of apes and they're parting ways for Caesar as he comes through, and you're seeing like l- like dozens and dozens and dozens of apes. It's like and it I, looks like I imagine like trench warfare in World War One, yeah. but it's all monkeys. And I was I I was overwhelmed by how good it looked and and just how how complicated it was and uh yeah to, to it, on a technical level which I try to ignore you know I'm but just sometimes I'm, you can't help it it's hard I'm, I'm just I'm just here for the stories uh, I'm just here for the I need to find out how this ends and how deep Caesar's going. Um, the, He's the, in it to win it. The opening, I thought, was kind of a nice way of telling the audience what films you needed to watch. I, I really like that. <laughs> did tie-in. you? Did you guys think? I felt like I was watching Star Wars first of all, and we had this kind of cool you, how you, they use the they use the opening. Uh, what do you call that? It's like the opening scroll of of you know text. It, yeah, and they they setting drop up in each of the two movies you may have missed, which dawn, I hope you didn't. Rise, Rise. and Dawn. And it's then, like highlighting that one word, uh, and and it summarizes sort of each film with the title popping out, yeah, and then a quick paragraph, and then we get war, and then with that morphs into the title of. It's a different credit sequence than the other two. Um, I kind of miss that globe hopping sort of graphic. I don't know. It works for me. I liked it. And we're basically immediately tossed into a war movie. It looks like we're hanging out with the dudes from uh, Full Metal Jacket with the, you know, the the helmets covered in Born to Kill and Monkey yeah, they killer. all they literally all have something different written on the back. It's kind of kind of goofy. Um, yeah, and and then we get that amazing overhead shot of all the troops running up the hill. Th- this thing looks like it, it a million fucking dollars um and this is when we start to see these donkey the donkey kongs the the donkey kongs i guess what what is happening with these guys these are they're turncoats they're in the trailer and these are apes that are i guess were originally lined with coba and are now to survive they've aligned with the humans yeah they'll go back the enemy of my enemy my friend i suppose okay that's a basic idea I guess it works. Well, I, I didn't get enough of that. It's kind of like indentured servitude, though, because like they're second-rate citizens. They get spray painted and they get slurs thrown at them, and they are made to do like really dangerous work. <clears throat> yeah, they're just workhorses, donkeys, if you will. And they call the monkeys Kongs, right? They like the only <clears throat> good good Kong is a dead Kong. Yeah. So Donkey Kongs. Um, do you like that? Yeah. So this opening battle, I thought was. Pretty spectacular. I already felt like I had the the price of admission. My ticket was already paid for with this opening <laughs> battle. Almost, I felt like okay, it this was is, pretty intense. Holy hell! This yeah. is I'm good to go on this. The the horseback spear guys oh, look I'm, pretty wicked, dude. All of it. It just it looks like some Braveheart in the jungle with mm-hmm. apes and stuff. Um, but then of course we may have to get into spoilers here. Which is early for us, isn't it? 
Because, you can't really talk about this movie correctly without going into spoilers. Well, because so. it, the well, this, spoiler so here, the, the so spoiler the initial, kicks off the whole plot, doesn't not it? Not really, but like the, the initial the initial attack that we are shown, um, the following discu- follow-up discussion, they say like, we're lucky that we're here because, you know, the humans will never find us. And then the humans do find them. And what <laughs> happens is that now we need to get into spoilers. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right before we do, uh, this is where I, I think the movie took a dip for me because we have this incredible opening action sequence, and Caesar, in my opinion, talks way too much in this movie. And and um, I heard a theory or just speculation that you know maybe he's just trying to up his his ability. Well, his performance and and just giving himself more speaking lines. I, you know, he's gunning. Circus? He's gunning for that Oscar. Mm. Um, I felt like I don't know why he talks so much, and all of the other apes use sign language so often. I f- I feel like it's, isn't it's that an explained? Awkward, it's a, but it's an awkward mix. I feel like well, so some, you guys rewatched. I'm just trying to remember this. Did they talk about how like it's harder only, for some? Yeah, only apes some of them can really talk. And, and they they do talk about Andy Circus talks about the way he would deliver the lines, which is very struggled and it's like grunting grunting and it almost seems like every word is laborious and hard to choke out it, it's it, it takes a lot of effort for him to form each word mm-hmm. and i felt like all that's gone he just it's he's much more of a cartoon character this time around just and speaking when he wants and he's just like his mouth is moving a more it, i'm getting a little more of a disney vibe from caesar here jungle book yeah and the rest of the apes are much since they're doing sign language but is it sign language? This is my other question. Like, how it's much of this is language. them speaking well, apes? Some and that fits with the theme of the movie, which is, you it's know... It's developing it's sort a, of beyond. It's a mix. People's speech, you know, is, is disappearing and stuff. And well, some of it's definitely American sign language, because that's what the apes were taught when they were in captivity. But uh, other communication is just... Like vocalizations. General, general and ape ooh, speech. Because they, they could communicate between each other that way before, right? Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. this... Which I, I love that part, this evolving language that they're building. So they they like have added complexity to their own language with the like rudimentary sign language. Yeah, I I, that, I love that too. And the sign language, I thought like their whole society's built on these nonverbal communication and stuff. And but Caesar is is more he, he just to me sticks out from the rest of the apes because yeah, he never uses. It's like his peripheral vision must be crazy good because he, he never looks at anybody yeah, and he, he can read ex- subtitles is yeah, what he can exactly, do exactly that's it he can read the subs um he might not care because he's, <laughs> he's, he's got the, the srt he's files. the smartest right so he's in charge he doesn't care what anyone he's saying. got the hard-coded subs he's, so to get into spoilers here woody harrelson but just caps Cornelia and Blue Eyes yeah, he in the first 10 minutes of this movie. He's looking for Caesar, and he comes in to Caesar's den and kills... Which his, is hidden behind a bat... It's in a bat cave. It's they, in they a live waterfall. In, they live in the bat cave. Paradise. And uh, accidentally kills his wife and child instead of he. And Does, that's Kong, his motivation for the rest of the movie. King Kong is dead, or Kong is down, or whatever the code word is. King Kong. Yeah. So was this was this a targeted hit on Caesar? Yeah, yeah, but and because so, they know he's a leader, 
and Caesar becomes hell bent on revenge, just like Koba was, and that is the look on the Caesar's face between him, himself is because he doesn't want to be like Koba. Yeah, but. when when Caesar's face turns up to the camera and th- his eyes are are like shining, he, like he realizes red. his family is killed. Yeah, yeah, and and his mouth is completely tw- like twi- twisted up. It's not believable because obviously apes don't really look like that, and. This is a guy. There's a lot of weird shit happening here because you have a 3D character controlled by a guy yeah, what, in some computerized rig. Where in the uncanny valley are we camping? So I can see exactly. Yeah, are we just flying across in a hang glider? Yeah, like we left it behind. <laughs> um, so I can see. I can see. Whoa! Wow! Is that some sort of alarm? It sounds it like is. a fire alarm. The fire department came. So we're back uh, from some sort of hiatus involving the fire department and uh, somebody leaving their toaster oven on. Heroes. What happened? You talked to a dude. Um, a gentleman said that uh, if you are making a mess in your own apartment, uh, don't open it into the hallway. So the smoke. Don't yeah. Let, yeah. Don't let the smoke that's not going to like do anything to you. Out into the hallway to set off the building fire yeah, alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it outside to huh. the out of doors. So that, that's what happened. But oh. uh, we were alive. And uh, when we're we were safe. At, heroes. We, there were heroes that rescued us. Our, I bonded with the rest of the building. We were all closer together because of it. Yeah, uh, I spoke to one of the rescuers. We made it through. Dan Enda. Did you hear um, me speaking to him? Yeah, you said thank you, sir. I did. So back to the review of War for the Planet of the Apes. We're in spoiler territory, don't forget. Sure yes, are. the family has been tragically murdered. And fucking Caesar, he goes he goes after he goes the colonel. Ape shit. He definitely goes ape shit and he just busts through his Batman waterfall. Unfortunately is not able to wrestle with the colonel. Here's and my first problem with this movie. Now we must begin a apocalypse now sort of odyssey into Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my problem with this part of the movie is that um caesar is still uh, a simian and in the dense forest area where the colonel is now trying to escape um caesar could catch him in like two seconds why doesn't he just chase him and catch him right there well because he falls down a waterfall (laughs) yeah but there's like gigantic trees all around him. So he would just climb up one tree, branch, branch, branch. It's pretty beat up. And he caught the colonel. And It's pretty beat up and his family's dead. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, he's not really... He's, uh, he's exhausted. At 100% Physically right and now. emotionally. So now we understand Caesar's mindset for the rest of this movie, right? Hellbent on... Revenge. On revenge. And this is a different Caesar than we've seen before. This is the Koba side of him. Yeah, and I feel like we are we are we shortchanging all the development we've done here to get him to be you know he he's, you know, what happened to ape not kill ape? And but also what happened to Caesar being the the model leader and this great leader for the apes? In in, in this instance, um the straw that broke the monkey's back. I feel like the the do, do you do you get the sense that he betrayed the rest of his apes by going on this vengeful quest to kill the colonel? Yep. They they bring that up. They res- the rest of the apes resent him for this? A little. So I feel like the movie could have gotten that across in a much better way. Um 
jumping ahead quickly, when we rediscover his troop of apes imprisoned in this compound later on, it's as if they don't even know him. And there's no they're camaraderie. Ignoring, they're ignoring him. They're shunning him. Yeah, I, they, I, they, they feel like it's his fault. Yeah, I, I guess a lot of that felt awkward. Wouldn't he have a personal relationship with virtually every single person, every, every other ape in there? Anyway, I, I feel like... That's per, re, personal relationships are different in the simian world, I think, of than course, in the human world. Of course, so of course. To exclude from community um, is... But this is, this is a great, clear-cut old school hero's tale almost right like this is the hero's journey or maybe revenge journey some it's your classic just we have a goal we have a villain we have a location and we're just trying to get to it to complete this like mission there's there's this is clear it's clear cut the hero's journey well well i don't know the hero's journey is like this is this is about revenge and the, and the hero's journey is not a revenge. That's cycle. what I mean. But, it, but yeah. it, the hero's journey is just points in a plot. It doesn't like you can make it about whatever you want. Yeah, but I think the archetypal hero's journey. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the archetypal, like the 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 symbolic uh, curve that it follows. Yeah, he's he's hell bent, as you said. And yeah. the, normally, heroes are not in that state. Although, I guess, yeah, but like, the, like hero's the Lion journey King, doesn't... for me, the Lion King is a great example of the hero's quest. And then that does involve uh, revenge, but it's not, he's not seeking specifically. Like, it's just as he grows up, he realizes, like, oh, actually, this is mine, and I'm going to go and get it. And, and, and getting what is he's owed involves, uh, you know, having vengeance on his uncle. And it's just. I mean it more in the way that War for the Planet of the Apes is the most genre-heavy of the three. Mm. It feels the most conventional in its setup. You know, you almost can see kind of where it's going the whole time, right? We have this kernel, and we go, oh, okay, well, we're going to draw this one out for two hours. Mm. Um, and, and not in any way that... I, like, I think the movie is is... It's painted on a canvas that's so epic that two hours and 20 minutes, I think, is perfectly warranted for the the scope of this movie. It's it's massive. It's a we're capping this whole story off. Yeah, like it didn't feel like it dragged to me. Never. Never. No. But um I yeah, I I just think that with there's a lot fucking going on here and the goofy it's, monkey it's not the least of things. The 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 hero's journey you can see all of it happening but as we're going along we're getting those sort of like side stories bad ape as you said um it, it it feels formulaic and you know exactly where it might be going um and that's why i think some of the dialogue turns out to be a little bit clunky you know when they're embarking on the mission i felt there's some lord of the rings kind of stuff happening with oh and that's why i'm coming with you there's a samwise gamgee kind of thing the whole fellowship of the yeah right of the apes. where like and you know we, we we won't let you go on your own and yeah I'm going with you to make sure you come back. You know, I'm Spartacus, right? I feel like me too, me too. Um, I, I just I feel like there's a lot more spelling it out for the audience this time around. I don't know if they're not trusting that you've seen the other two movies, or they're you know they're trying to keep everything. Yeah, but there's like singular I, to the like we can give you everything you need to know can be contained in the movie. 
you don't have to see the others necessarily. I don't know. But him showing up, like, uh, Luca dying, from, like, the scouts attacking them right as they track down the colonel, I thought that was a nice touch. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, so there's only a few of them. But then he just says, no, I'm doing this on my own, only to find out, <clears throat> which I actually didn't see coming, that his entire band of apes has been captured at this point already. Like, Yeah. So that was a nice... Like, there are some formulaic bits in it, but they're remixed enough, I find, that it's really fun to watch. Well, it's sort of... We have a very basic plot. It's just, here's this villain, and we know the stakes, and we know what's, like... I did. What is motivating our hero and all, like everything is very clear cut this time around. And I Dawn did. and Rise, you, you kind of didn't know where it was going. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's I would agree with that. But I, I, w- I was going to say the villain. I did like how we didn't really get much development until right near the end. But I l- kind of liked when when he's revealed to be this madman. Well, when we get his when we get his info dump ex- exposition, it's I felt. That that was when the movie kicked into high gear. Normally, I don't like when a character just spits exposition to you, but in the Colonel McCullough, I guess, right, is his name, I believe. He's a wacko, and and it honestly kicked the movie up a notch for me because I felt like it took me maybe half an hour to settle into this movie. I I, I thought you would be all Pontypool about this. <sighs> It took me a bit to get into the into the mode of this for whatever reason. Um, hmm. I felt like the score was a bit distracting. I know they're Michael Giacchino, I think is his name. He, there's some throwbacks, not even some. It's a shit ton of throwbacks to these old xylophone kind of beats and all yeah. sorts of funky sixties shit. Literally moments where uh, uh, my 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 pal who I went to see this with was like laughing and going like this music there's big drum timpani hits and and it's very like we're watching oh an eastwood film you know it's very old school sergio leone there's some old school stuff happening that feels is it very antiquated is this like an homage or is this like i find it a bit distracting i'll be honest and especially in the in the sequence in particular when we're cutting back and forth between the colonel in the waterfall scene and Woody Harrelson and Caesar are staring back at each other, and we literally have these like big drum hits, like brum, bum, bum. And as it's cutting back and forth, it's 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 very corny. Um, not to ruin the movie in any way, but I felt like the score is it does stick out in some places. It feels a bit dated, um, like in a way that I think fifties movies feel dated and not in the way that recent movies do. I like it. I appreciate it. It's deliberate, but it's when you're going for this hyper realistic grim tone and sometimes the score bubbles up into this weird old antiquated kind Mm -hmm, of style. mm -hmm. Um, But I did love when we meet Nova for the first time and uh, there's a great moment of Maurice lowering Caesar's gun Right, because Caesar's losing it. He's aiming a gun at a little girl. And Maurice, you gotta love Maurice. How great is he? So What a great, he's gonna be a sick leader for this troop, right? We're in good hands, I think, under Maurice's... Until Maurice turns out to be... uh, Oh, no. Who's the actor I'm thinking of? Uh, Paul uh, Giamatti? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, that's (laughs) who he is. Um, I thought that he was like... in. He's the best character, I think, and the best 
like 3D model. The scene where so where weird. he's meeting Nova and th- they're getting insanely close to each other. Nova's under the bed and she's hiding from these apes, and the whole screen is fu- is filled with Maurice's face. But Maurice obviously knows how scary he would be to this little girl. Yeah, and how tender he is. It's it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. And at that at that point when I was watching it, I said to myself, "This I cannot tell that this is." The fact that this isn't a real ape is, I I can't believe that it isn't real. That that's how, in terms of pretty spectacular his character. Yeah. That Caesar doesn't work as well for me because there's a bit more cartoon. The more the apes talk, the less believable they are. And I I wish Andy Circus would just shut up and do some sign language a little more often, um, because it it does break that belief for me a bit. You're like, why are you talking? Like everyone should. I mean, I guess that the fourth one, we're we're gonna eventually get to the originals where Mark Wahlberg comes and all the apes, <laughs> but all the apes are 100 percent fluent, right? Like, the, like yeah. How's later, that, later guess, on in the series, we're not gonna have this sign language it, stuff anymore. No, it seems like the language evolution would be that like the apes continue to evolve their communication skills to the point where they can speak. And they already are familiar enough with the language from the remnants that they had in their sign language and the leftovers of society that they can then use the language that's already in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that I like how that ties into the virus in its last stages taking away human speech. So the people who were originally resilient to... The simian flu now are, become like apes are finally feeling this this these final stages of the virus, which is just slowly taking away your your speech, your higher what does he say your higher higher thinking? higher thinking. It's pretty insane turning you into apes. Oh man, and and that to well, me he, that was sort of like a, a Babel Tower of Babel kind of thing. It, that felt very biblical, you know, to to sort of humankind has been scattered across the globe and decimated and. They can't communicate, and that's... Oh, wow, good interpretation. I saw it as like Pontypool, this virus, because it didn't seem to actually take away your humanity. It just took away your speech. Like, it was eating some part of their brain that, that you know, was the or, the order, the part of your brain that lets you... that controls your speech functions. I, this because all... the girl maintained her humanity. Um, the, the, corp- the colonel knew what was going on. It was like, you know, absolutely... Um, couldn't live with himself, you know. So, to me, it it was uh, a very interesting. I I really liked that element. Of I the love virus. it, dude. That that's where that's where this movie started getting elevated. Is so when good. McCullough starts. When, oh. when, when no, but th- when he starts <laughs> revealing all of this stuff about his son and and all of the implications, you kind of can believe that somebody who has these beliefs okay i can see why you lost your mind like this mm-hmm. um yeah you had to kill your own son and the virus he didn't have to the, no the, he didn't <laughs> yeah the virus doing this though i feel like everything in in these movies at least the the virus originally is to thin out the herd of the humans it makes the apes super intelligent and it simultaneously kills all of humanity right mm-hmm. so paving the way for the Planet of the Apes, rise of the planet, and of the then apes. the this is just another sort of nail in the coffin of humanity, where the virus is is sort of doing its its final like 
coup de gras, basically taking away. Now you see what you really did. Well, this is now we're going to take away your ability to even communicate with each other. Thus, you will never, you know, this you will never take over. You'll never be yeah. able to band together as a, as a group and, and, they and take the planet back. Like I'm, I like how they it's it's just glossed over. I think some one person mentions it at one point during the film, but somebody says like, I wonder if there's others like us elsewhere. Like, and you start to sort of think like, yeah, like, and we meet bad apes, apes everywhere, not just in the U S though, like worldwide, any sort of primate is, this is happening to. So like, but did they get, they didn't get exposed to the ALZ virus. Did they? I guess maybe. it spread everywhere. Right? That, I'm thinking that it did spread everywhere, except maybe like, I don't know. I feel like only the people who got canistered, you know, when Caesar threw the canister of gas down and everyone got smoked out. Those are the people, the green eyed dudes. They have the ALZ, don't they? Uh, I don't know. I could be way off. It's possible. Caesar chokes out winter does he accidentally kill him or is no he, no it's on purpose he, he that's you, like, you can't desert you're like that's so i i, I don't know if i understood this why did winter price why, why did i i do love that we have like a albino gorilla fucking amazing yeah and why his name's he, winter the real one the, i saw one once in barcelona a real albino gorilla was a badass mofo they look and crazy his, and he was like old and gigantic and looked terrifying and his name was snowflake why did he why did winter because he was terrified like uh, so he the wanted humans, to leave right away after he the thought skirmish. they didn't stand a chance yeah like after this was immediately following the skirmish where a bunch of apes were killed he's scared he wants to leave and then the donkey that he's supposed to get rid of tells him that he's safe with the colonel if he comes with him so okay he, okay he lets the dude go and yeah we're giving away a lot yeah shows up for he's responsible for the colonel showing up and doing bad shit um this movie's really fucking bloody like yep. it's super violent yeah lots of apes and people getting blown up um do you guys which is all the more reason why Bad Ape is such an important character and why Steve Zahn kicks some serious ass. You do need the comic relief that he brings, absolutely. And but he, is it too much is the question. Well, I, I mean, too much is Jar Jar Binks, right? And we, we're nowhere near that. You're right. But we do have him in a funny hat and like a parka vest. I thought Which is that, fine. that That's was great. amazing. I thought that when he has, gives the thumbs up, I said, that you know was what? awesome. You can get away with this war. For the, this is called War for the Planet of the Apes. And this is one of the most grim Hollywood movies I've ever seen during the you know month what? of July. Like since, probably since the Dark Knight. It I, is I dark. S- There's a moment where I had to say to myself, like, "Holy shit, are they shooting at the children?" Like, they weren't. This I, this but is like I was a raid. Like, Fuck, this is dark. <laughs> Again, like Dark Knight, you're you're pushing PG-13 to its limits with this one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have just a few cuts, and this could be an R-rated movie just because of how dark the tone is, right? It doesn't have to do with violence all the time. It, it sometimes just has to do a subject matter. Um, and this is nothing but bleak as hell, dude. Um, Except for maybe like the last. And, and just even just, that. But like, ape, I was going to say the last 30 I love seconds. You. Bad ape, your cute little hat. And he's always fucking around and he's sticking his head out of the. And yeah. The I, inverting I of the bat. The relationship of bad ape and the little girl is great. That's um, fun for kids, I think, too. Yeah, so, kids are gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a concentration camp movie. Kids are gonna love this. Yeah, 
Uh, and, and then we started, this is where it starts to get really dark. Caesar's basically, this is where it's Bridge on the River Kwai a little bit, where the leader is getting sort of mortally beaten down by, you know, they're imprisoned and uh, their leader is, you know, on the verge of death. I felt like I was watching Silence again for a little bit. <laughs> Andrew Garfield getting his ass kicked in prison. Um, yeah, I didn't feel that at all. No. Well, they starve the shit out of all the apes, right? Yeah, and that becomes a big plot point yeah. where they need water, they need food, um, and little dreadlock girl basically throws a wrench into those saves, a monkey wrench saves caesar right into those plans um so he essentially just needs these guys for slave labor yeah because they, he doesn't have anything against apes necessarily well he, they well, I guess all humans do they do yeah but he also happens to need slave labor so to defend against them. the war because you know humanity is down to 10% it's not like we can't yeah. stop fighting each other so that, that's that's what i actually liked about this villain is that he he essentially only wanted to defend himself against the army, which was coming to murder him because he's absolutely out of his mind. Well, yeah, he's been murdering people. Well, yes. No, he's crazy. But he doesn't have any nefarious, like, plan. He's going to kill all the apes. He's all, No, he's going to kill any human that thinks... He doesn't that, have that some elaborate to, plan, right? There's any, no, any human that begins to manifest the virus, he's going to kill them, where the other humans think that if sure. you start to manifest the virus, he, we can still treat he, you. He doesn't have some giant machine that's going to fire a blue laser into the sky. and No, it's not Battleship. No, he thinks Damn. he Damn just it. thinks he's on the right side of history. Like the, the yeah. first time we see him, he's comparing him. Well, not the first. The second time we see him, he's comparing himself to all these great historical figures like Napoleon yes. and Colonel shit. Colonel Kurtz. What an yeah. egomaniac! Ape apocalypse now. Um, I, I I just love the idea of Caesar and all of his ape troops caught between a war, bet- between like the military and this you know this coup that's happening yes. within the military like guerrilla warfare and uh <laughs> then we get probably the darkest scene in the movie which is where caesar walks into mccullough's bedroom and finds him bleeding out of the face babbling like a fool because he mccullough has now contracted the final stages of the virus and he is ponty pooling all over the floor. All over the floor. So did he catch this? Did he have... From the doll. Is that what's going on? Yeah. That the little girl gave to yep. Caesar 100%. to make him feel better when he was in the cage. Absolutely In amazing. the middle of camp. Absolutely amazing. I didn't know if, if... If he was like, what the fuck is this? Well, doesn't... Are all the survivors... They're all still infected, right? They all carry the virus. Yeah. But not the mutated version. Yeah. Mm-kay. So, like, I think there was... We pan in on, or we pan, we zoom in on that doll a couple times, and it, there's it's a point. There's blood on there's it. There's blood on it. That's so, like, a, you know that it is yeah. saturated. Okay, okay. No, nice. that's... Good yeah. call. No, I'm feeling you. That's that's the most logical interpretation. And, like, the guy's, like, looking at a picture of his kid who he's murdered because he realizes that his son was fine. He just couldn't <sighs> speak. What, what have I done? So, we finally... <laughs> we great escape all of the the apes out of there. The cute little kids are out. We got everyone out, and now it's wartime, and this movie goes to fucking 11. It has some pretty 
fucking spectacular visuals. This was Helm's, from Helm's the, deep shit, right? right? Like from the view from the colonel's like crane yeah. operation center where the helicopters are crashing and shooting shit and like there's shells getting launched and you can see the whole battle. This it's, was like a Hoth battle, wasn't it? It looks awesome. Like that looked so badass. And and w- the whole sequence with Caesar blowing up the gas tanks, right? Seeing this opportunity to maybe finish off all of the front lines of this wall. Okay. And just like this, ice but everybody. Also hated. I like this, but I hated this. You didn't you didn't dig uh, red? Did you know that uh the, the shaggy gorilla with the reddish hair, his name is Red. Nice. Yeah. Best character. But no, because the explosion was massive and Caesar is standing beside it. Like That's okay. I know I and I overlooked it, but like it's he would be roast he, monkey. He would be roast monkey. It'd be delicious. He maybe. doesn't even have a hair singed. Yeah, yeah. He's he, the closest person to the explosion. You it know, lo- it's, it it's, looks it's, so bad. It's wet outside. It's a long <laughs> lens, man. They're using like a hundred millimeter lens. You know, yeah, the perspective's probably off. Right? It's yeah. we got a deep focus. Like he's actually like a hundred feet away. Yeah, I was my bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a 3D. I, I love it, it though. No, I I love it, and that's that triggers the avalanche when the Adats and uh, the Imperials are rolling in. <laughs> but like, how wicked like of a bookend is that? Unbelievable avalanche! Just now, all the people are gone. It's it's again, it's another way to thin the humans out. That's all these movies have been about is just how do we keep thinning out? It's like almost like an exponential. We like, Six, seven billion. All right, divided by two. Sweet. Yeah, right. like you divided thought, again. You we keep thought you were going to get by. half of this <laughs> yeah. crowd walking away. Like, yeah, we killed the crazy guy. All right. And now there's still people. Wait, fuck. She, we're all dead. And what I love about this is it, like, they're wanting to kill this fanatic who's taken over this section of the military and murdered their guys and sent one back. That's cool. I get that. But they're so gung ho to get rid of him and cause this destruction that they don't. I'm like, I'm sure that guy whose job it was to tell them about the avalanche, he got the virus <laughs> the day before. He just well, was like, they're uh, <laughs> like, well, well, this is this is where Speak he French. is. Speak French. This is where he is. We need to take him out. They weren't even thinking about the danger of what could happen. Yeah. And, it's and so nature is fighting. Nature fights back. Oh man, it just—it's—it's uh, it's so great. And it's like the happening. How fucking epic is it when all the all the apes climb the into trees. the trees and they're all just getting blasted by this avalanche? Oh my god! I, again, I had again that they don't lose one monkey. Well, well they probably did. <laughs> no, a bunch were getting blown away by machine gun fire. So there's a bunch of like down. Caesar dudes. has a fucking bolt, like a crossbow bolt. In his lung, under his arm, and he holds on he holds like on it ain't that. no thing. He's near the end of that avalanche, though. Like yeah. he's okay. I love it's it. A tall tree. I, I love it. Big one. I love. It. I felt like I was watching Return of the King, and and especially with the way it ends, with sort of we lead, we lead the the rest of the apes the troop to this promised land. We're in the desert now. It looks like we're maybe at like Mount Saint Helens looks or some like volcano. San Fernando Valley. Looks like some volcano thing. It looks like a nice lake with We're vineyards. We're in a chilling around. area. They're supposed to be where like Sierra, they're, they're they're at it's the California like border, so Oregon or BC, uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I think yeah, we're we're exactly into yeah. We're we're heading into the desert, which is they they do talk about the desert. I'm not sure why they would he- go to the desert because they think it'll protect them from people. But yeah, that, there's no one going to be out there. 
Uh, and that's where the original Planet of the Apes begins, right? Where the, yep. the capsule crashed, Spaceland, Spaceman's in the desert. Spaceman? Spaceman. It's like gravity, remember? Sandra Bullock crashes into... A Planet of the Apes? I want Gravity to be a secret Planet of the Apes movie. I don't think I've seen Gravity then. (laughs) It's also I missed the apes. I want to edit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's the... Um, Guys, what did... What did we think here? I, I do like I, numerically. I, like, well, what is I think, our? I think we got to give it. I do love that final shot. I was looking for some sort of spaceship in the sky uh, after Caesar slowly just lays down and goes to bed, and I shed some tears along with Maurice. I don't know about you fellas. Maurice was crying. Yeah, it was. It was quite a sweet. That moment. was. I really loved how that ended because Maurice drew attention, and all of a sudden. The closest apes realized what they was going on, start looking but that we didn't linger. We just looked up at the sky, like we yeah. panned up. Yeah, it's not about the sadness. Like we're, we're not there up to the sky. It's not How? about mourning. It's about celebrating and the happiness. Well, it's a yeah. new beginning, and it's all. bittersweet. It's not just dark. Yeah. yeah, and and I almost wanted Caesar to be a little more of a complicated character at this moment. I felt like this was an opportunity to maybe have Caesar He's kind of a deadbeat dad. Well. Yeah, Cornelius. Do, do you guys remember in Dark Knight where um, Two Face committed all these horrific crimes, and Batman takes the blame for them, so that Harvey Dent can remain the sort of the hero, playboy Gotham hero of Gotham. Yeah, the worst part of that movie. Got yeah, it. yeah. I don't know if this would have worked, but I thought I think Caesar should have maybe had a few more flaws and made a few more really ugly decisions that were maybe not respectable. And Maurice is maybe covering for them in the end. I, I feel like Caesar well, is is a little bit of a clean. He gets away a little clean on this one. Well, Maurice is never going to tell anybody about Winter and how yeah, he broke okay. his own law. That's that's fair. Um, I, I wanted a Mars mission hint, and I didn't get one. But I'm I'm willing to wait. I don't. Well, yeah, the TVs are gone. Yeah, like I'm okay. We're not listening to mentioning, the radio Mentioning it in the first one when it's still easy to get information makes sense, but yeah. hearing it yeah, now... Yeah, like the monkeys in their like awesome villages in the woods, they're not... They don't have... I do love that we do... The Bluetooth. fact that we pan into the sky, I think, is a nice way of... They could if they wanted, yeah. And, and hey, if you, if you want to imagine, maybe there's... Maybe they're orbiting the Earth in some sort of cryosleep for 100 years right now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Guys, that's war for the Planet of the Apes. Out of ten, what is the deal here? Uh, I don't this know. This is if, a tough one to put a number on, I really, know. because it's good. But like I said, there are some real weak spots. But I overall, had so much fun watching. There's nothing this. else like this movie. No, these movies are great. Even if you don't like, I, I'm saying, I'm so willing to overlook the bad in favor of the good, because it's so very, very good. <sighs> And and as my grade nine English teacher will tell you, you shouldn't say very very. It's poor writing. But I'm saying you're it. saying it anyway. Yeah, but yeah. you're saying it. You're not writing it. Screw you. Yeah, speech is different. Yeah. So what is this out of ten? I want to give it an eight and a half. Yeah, it's a week eight. It's waffling between an eight and eight and a half right now, and it might. It's going to be determined by your guys right now. Well, no, it's an eight and a half for me. Yeah, it's yeah. an it's an eight and a half for me, and I want to give it a nine. Okay, so then mine 
Cemented at eight and a half. <laughs> we're we're eight and a half across the board on this. Confidence. It's been a while, I think, since it's, we. Yeah, it's true. Like this is a fantastic film, and it seems to be the most highly rated out of all of them. Um, but I don't know. Like it didn't have the same impact as Dawn did. I agree. Dawn completely floored me. This one is. I kind of. I'm dropping. It's eight. It's oh, not no. cemented oh, at no. eight and a half. It's an eight. I, this one's more impressive, though. Like this one's more more of an impressive achievement. Technically, this is a better film, but I think it's a wicked movie. But I'm only giving it an eight. Yeah, I, I think two. Okay, we know you're giving it an eight. <laughs> He's established. I'm convincing myself. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, what? I, 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 I'm. I think this could change in a while, I, in a year, maybe. Um, this might be my favorite or the least favorite. I, I, I'm all over the place with this one. I, I still am not confident that my score will stay at an 8.5 but it it must for this podcast mm-hmm. yeah for the remainder of the following we love the movie minutes we love the movie the movie is phenomenal yeah like all it's, of it's us a, had a blast it's blast. a great movie you should see it and in many ways it's the best one of the series and in some ways it's the worst one of the series it's ah let it's us so know confusing. let yeah. us know vertical viewing at gmail.com please mm-hmm. if you agree or disagree with our takes uh, you can go to our Twitter at Vertical Viewing as well. That is our review of War for the Planet of the Apes. Stick it a fork in us. Probably currently stands as my third favorite movie of the year behind Baby Driver and I Don't Feel at Home in the World Anymore. Oh, cool. Really? Hmm. It's, it's, it's insanely good, guys. It's so good. Um, next week on the show, we're reviewing Dunkirk. And there's a special event happening. There is a special event. For for those people who... Go to patreon.com and slash vertical viewing. And become a patron. Yeah, you can donate at the rate of one, two, or three dollars per month. Hydrogen, helium, lithium level subscriptions are available. And you get access to dope content like we're going to make next week. Yeah, for a dollar a month. That's a deal. If you want to check out our review of David Lynch's Dune... You're you're gonna be into it. We're not. We're not excited. We are gonna save. I said you. before that I am. <laughs> Mike is. Red Mike is, is not. I'm, I'm in the middle. Yeah. This thing's. It's not good. But it, I'm excited. It's to see gross. It again. There's a lot of weird oozing uh, orifices and shit. It's nasty. Yeah. HD. Let's do Ew. it. What's gonna be great is reviewing this movie that when it was originally screened had to have a card given out. Yeah. Yeah. A little piece of paper. Story. Like this is. This is what the Maudib is. Yeah. Like here you like, go. Here's your primer. Footnotes for a movie. Yeah. I want more of that. Southland Tales kind of style. Yeah. Like you have to read a book first. Sorry. Sorry. Unless. I know this is like really unethical and not the way you're supposed to make narratives. But uh, I don't give a fuck. Because I'm doing shit my way. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Where can we find you on the internet? Mm, well, let's say you were to cruise on by Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant, mm-hmm. you would find me. Nice. I'm at Michael R. Lind on Twitter. That's peace. Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's. Nice. Are you on Letterboxd? I am on Letterboxd. You can just follow me. My name is Scott Wilson uh, with two L's. That's cool. I've never really heard of Letterboxd. I'm going to check it out. You can. You can go to verticalviewing.com, though. Click that donate button if you want. If you want that one night stand with the podcast, I mean, mm. patreon.com slash vertical viewing, that's for a long-term relationship. We're friends. But if you just want to let us know you liked us. Yeah. I mean, you still get those Jake Gyllenhaal reviews and Chappie reviews and Dune reviews on Patreon, but if you just want to drop us a couple of cents and you, get in and get out. If you like what, you're stringing, what we're stringing on the streets, you can just toss Ooh. a dollar into our hat yeah. on the way. We're pushers. 
verticalviewing.com, click the donate button. We accept PayPal. I mean, this is this is easier if you don't want to sign up for Patreon because you're going to have to create an account there. PayPal's easy. Pretty easy. Right? Painless. Go to Stitcher. Go to iTunes. Go to Google Play Music. Wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, are you are you thinking of what's like? Is there something you're just going to keep it vertical? I've, what are your final thoughts here, guys? Okay, so I know that you didn't want any objects traveling. So Sucks. today, Suck. if you charted the populations of humans and monkeys, uh, humans would be going in a negative, and simians in a positive vertical direction. Why don't you just keep it like the apes in the trees during the avalanche? Vertical. I, yeah. <laughs> 